Hello everyone, welcome to this podcast episode which is going to be called Movement is Medicine. This episode is something I'm really passionate about actually, like helping people to expand their activity if they're very sedentary as a result of CFS um, and taking the approach of like just viewing it as movement rather than exercise because I know the word exercise or the thought of exercise can actually be very triggering for people going through CFS not everyone but for um, a lot of people Um, so something I really enjoy doing is helping people to get to a point of activity that they are personally happy with and they can feel the benefits of that on their body Um, some people listening may you may already be quite active uh, but struggling with other aspects of your CFS but either way I think this will be a good episode for everyone to be honest I'm going to cover why it is that I bang on about movement is medicine and why it's important to not necessarily follow the GP advice of just rest until you feel better. The initial advice that a lot of us get with a CFS diagnosis I really believe is one of the biggest issues when it comes to recovery and movement in particular. From what I've experienced and heard from others, it really can vary between the advice we get. That is, it can really vary between excessively rest or, in some cases, excessively exercise. I just don't really, I don't agree with this kind of all or nothing approach to recovery. It's definitely not worked for me. Um, Not what worked for me, sorry. <laughs> and, like, can somebody just tell me how an extreme action like this excessively resting or excessively exercising will support your body and your nervous system to coming to a place of better balance because I really don't get it like um any extreme is not just because we've been living extreme maybe in some cases as to why we got CFS extremely out of balance that's not going to be solved by another extreme like we just have to bring ourselves back to a better state of balance um So, as you can tell, I'm not a fan of extremes when it comes to health, because we aren't machines that can be reset. We are much more like nature in that it takes time for us to grow, and we live a life full of imperfection, constantly flowing and bringing ourselves back to that state of balance when we go out of it. So, when a GP gives this initial advice if you've had that, or if you've like Googled it, sometimes this can come up as well. A lot of limiting beliefs are set in. You're immediately put into a mindset where you fear too much movement or exercise and really believe that it's not helpful for you and you shouldn't be doing it. Also, if you have been forced to excessively exercise or do like an exercise test or something like that, it's likely that that was an awful experience which did result in a lot of stress and anxiety and probably symptoms, which has led you to believe that all exercise is bad for you. And as we know, our beliefs become our reality. So this whole experience has possibly left you worse off. If you are someone who has become highly sedentary through your CFS diagnosis, you need to know that you are not going to feel 100% 
or even anywhere close to that until you start to include movement into your life again at some point. So you can't wait for the day where you feel like moving your body more because it's not going to arrive. Movement is an energy giver, not an energy taker. I also invite you to consider the fact that GPs generally have a very shallow approach to mind-body issues. If they can't find a drug to match your issue, the best they can do is offer some general lifestyle advice, which you probably already know. And I don't mean that as a criticism because it is not within their scope to deal with issues like CFS or mental health or even lifestyle change, right? Um, so there is a time for excessive rest. Excessive? I'm an excessive, <laughs> a lot of rest. And it's usually if you're post-viral or recovering from some kind of physical trauma to your body like surgery or pregnancy um something where you you have like physical trauma in your body but once that time has passed which will usually be a few weeks to months maximum i would highly recommend starting to include movement back into your life asap because the excessive rest isn't working anymore it can only take you so far and that is the time when we need to sort of lean into it. Um, but if, you've, if you're someone who's never had any physical trauma or you have recovered from your physical trauma and you're now in this state where you have chronic symptoms but, you know, on scans and blood tests and all these things, nothing's coming up as wrong with your body, I encourage you to actually address your relationship with rest first to make sure you can be present with resting uh, because when we have a dysfunctional relationship with rest there is a risk that uh, you're you're not listening to or honoring your body in the best way and then definitely there's a possibility of relapse but also it could mean that the rest that you are taking isn't actually productive rest like you could just be not moving your body all day but your mind is getting really very anxious and stressing your nervous system out probably a lot more than if you just went for a walk or something like this um, which is a common kind of pickle we can get ourselves into with cfs one of the issues with becoming highly sedentary is you don't feel like moving at all um, symptoms can intensify in some cases and definitely things like anxiety and outlook can get a lot worse when I was recovering from the virus that I had that was when I would say I was bed bound I was that kind of was like intense for one month intense like couldn't really move and needed to rely on um, my mum to do most things for me and then moderately for two months more so there was three months total where I didn't even worry about exercise or movement um, and I knew, like, I could feel in my body that it just needed rest. Um, but then, after that kind of three-month mark, um, all my blood tests were coming back a lot more neutral in terms of, like, virus markers and stuff like that. But I still had all these horrible symptoms of fatigue, quite a lot of pain in my body. Um, I had those, like, internal vibrations that you get and all the common symptoms that you get with CFS. But I knew logically that it was time to start kind of moving my body again. So this is 
the point I think we can sometimes miss or the the advice around it is just so hazy like I it's really important to say that I didn't feel like getting back to movement in that time period like my body did not feel like it but I knew logically that I needed to start moving again to make my body feel better even if that meant for a certain period of time my symptoms did get a little bit more intense so my answer to that was yoga and as you know if you've listened to the podcast at all um yoga was a huge part of my recovery and one of the really nice things about yoga or just like mat-based movement at home things you can do like pilates or dance all these kinds of things is that they are very non-judgmental they can be modified for any level so for people who are recovering from chronic symptoms you know you can get some of the most gentle yoga classes you can get bed yoga you can get chair yoga whatever and then you know maybe if you're starting to get more energy you can um, do more challenging classes so that was definitely a tool that I used for myself and something I would really encourage people to consider if you're trying to get back to movement sometimes we can put this expectation of exercise onto ourselves like oh I have to go to the gym or get out for a run or do something that ticks the box of traditional exercise when actually at this time if you're just trying to get back to movement like just see it as that literally day-to-day basic movement of moving your body first we want to get the the day-to-day basics back like being able to walk around your house um maybe getting out for a little walk around the block and feeling comfortable with like walking up your stairs and this kind of stuff and then that's when we look at doing things like little bits of yoga And again, it doesn't have to be challenging. It's just a case of reconnecting to your body and stretching your muscles a little bit. The the intention behind this isn't to like break a sweat or do a workout. It's literally to move your body. So um, in terms of why movement is medicine then, there are so many amazing things that movement does for your body. I couldn't possibly cover all of them in one podcast. But when we're looking at recovering from chronic fatigue syndrome and burnout, the primary thing that is great about movement is it reconnects you to your body. Um, And when you've been experiencing chronic discomfort or symptoms or just like have got to a state of burning yourself out, that is a huge sign from the world that you are disconnected from your body because you haven't been listening to it for a really long time. And when symptoms start showing up in our body, that actually drives more disconnection initially because we often want to ignore it, escape from it because it's not comfortable anymore to be in our body because it can hurt or it can feel uncomfortable. However, until we start to bridge that connection again and reconnect to our body and start to listen to it and be present with it, it's not going to feel better. Um, So that's something we need to start doing as soon as possible. And there are many ways that you can do that, but movement is a really amazing way to do that because it encourages you to pay attention to the sensations that go on when you move. And particularly in yoga as well, um, it encourages you to be able to sit and be more comfortable with discomfort. So for example, if you're in a position where you're stretching, we never want to feel pain, but if you get to a point where it feels like, oh, this is really quite intense and it's kind of uncomfortable that's actually a a good sign and this is where a good teacher will encourage you to breathe into that and consciously try and relax some tension that you feel there and 
essentially respond well to these intense physical sensations that you have in your body like stay as calm as you can focus on your breath focus on your gaze or something else to allow your body and your nervous system to know that it's safe to be here and then when you master that what happens is the muscle relaxes a lot more and you kind of become more resilient to being in these postures right same kind of principle as growing a muscle um but the reason this is so important is because it has a lot of correlation to responding well to your symptoms symptoms can feel obviously very uncomfortable in your body sometimes painful and a really important part of recovery is to start to respond well to those symptoms rather than allowing it to drive you into fight and flight which is exactly what you practice in yoga or other forms of movement um what else was i gonna say oh yeah movement as medicine so just in terms of like the physiology of your body as well moving something just as simple as walking is really good for sort of starting to increase circulation and um, removal of waste products in your blood and just get everything kind of, I was going to say lubed up, but what a horrible saying. I just mean to get things flowing (laughs) in your body Um, from, you know, the synovial fluid in your joints to make it feel more comfortable on a physical level um, and to nourish your joints and tendons and ligaments but also transportation of your blood, you know, um, encouraging your lymphatic system to move better throughout your body, supporting immune function. Movement is so important for all these things. And when we become very sedentary, we become a lot more vulnerable. On top of this, like all the obvious benefits of movement, there is an aspect of it as well that's kind of like empowerment and feeling able and confident again in your body this is one of the uh like downsides that we see of getting a chronic diagnosis particularly if you do become very sedentary is you know naturally you become quite a bit weaker you might have your muscles might um become what's the word is it atrophy atrophy I don't know. I'm getting my words real mixed up today. But basically, your muscles will become a lot weaker. Maybe you've lost a lot of weight. Or in some cases, we can actually put on a lot of weight. But either way, it makes us feel uncomfortable in our body. So when we start to move again, yes, we start to, we at least, you know, keep our muscles moving and keep that kind of baseline strength in them. So we're at, you know, it's very important for our feeling of survival, the ability to look after ourselves. If anyone has been bed bound, if you're listening to this, um, or even just felt weak in your body, you will know the feeling I'm talking about with like disempowerment. And it can drive a lot of fear when you don't feel able in your own body, at least to do the basics for yourself. You know, like I remember when I came out of hospital, my body was so weak and so small. It was horrible. I've never felt so awful in my life in terms of not even like how I looked. Yes, absolutely. Body image was awful, but also just the way that I, it feels when you can't even walk up a flight of stairs without getting very out of breath and dizzy, you know, all these kinds of things. So in terms of the way you feel about yourself and your body, movement really supports that with regards to body image and feelings of empowerment and um, capability, which is again, going to support your recovery because we want more of these, um, feelings that we you know can do what we want to do and that can sometimes really start with 
the physical body. So this is why movement is medicine. As I've already said, if you're someone who is highly sedentary, I'd really encourage you to start with just the sort of minimal movement, literally just getting back to doing little bits around your house. And the important thing here for any stage of recovery, I think, is to understand it's never going to feel that good in the short term. Like in any situation, if you've been highly sedentary for a long time, if you start to, you know, push past your comfort zone and do a little bit more, I think the assumption that it's going to feel good and it's going to give you a load of energy is like one of the one of the worst mindsets you can have because it's high expectations. It's very unlikely that it'll feel that way. If you can accept that you might not feel great as you start to expand activity, that is going to help you so much more because you won't then go down the narrative of, oh, this must be bad for me or I'm doing something wrong because I don't feel that great when I'm doing it. If you haven't been moving a lot for a long time, it's not going to feel great as you start to do it. It just isn't. And as you start to increase activity, you're going to be more like a, a normal healthy person not that you're not normal, but someone who's not experiencing chronic fatigue, I should say, would feel exhausted and tired if they started to incorporate more movement into their week, right? So when we're going through CFS, that's kind of magnified. Like, yeah, we feel that normal amount of tiredness and exhaustion, but we probably have some extra symptoms on top of it, possibly. So it's keeping your expectations low for movement is, for how you feel around movement is really important. Making it achievable and manageable is really really important like don't expect yourself don't set unrealistic targets basically like meet yourself where you're at and also what was the other thing um meet yourself where you're at also don't kind of um don't anticipate your symptoms right so it's not always the case that as you start to do more your symptoms increase I think if you expect that as well, you can kind of mentally manifest them onto yourself. It's like, okay, if I go for this walk, I know for a fact I am going to experience X, Y, and Z and I'm going to pay for it, you know, for the next few days. If that is the case, complete, I completely have empathy with that, um, with that mindset because that might have been your experience so far, for sure. But we want to kind of accept that without going towards mentally manifesting it for ourselves. Because if you have that that, um, anticipation of movement or exercise, what's going to happen is it's going to become a belief. And then as you approach the exercise or movement, your anxiety might increase. The way in which you do it um, will essentially like bring those symptoms on regardless So we never want to tell ourselves that we will get symptoms if we do something because it takes us away from being present in what we're doing, which is really important for symptom management. Okay, and that's the last thing I'm going to say actually is about being present. So one of the driving factors in why we feel really anxious around um, doing things when we have a chronic diagnosis is because we're not present in them at all. Like we tend to plan what we're doing or we, um, we have this anticipation anxiety of what is going to happen if we do something that it takes us away from being present in just doing it. 
And it's all the anticipation of it that can actually really overstimulate your nervous system and cause the symptoms. And then after the symptoms do come up and that just reconsolidates your belief, if you see what I'm saying. So if you are going to make a little plan for yourself of like trying to include some more movement, whatever that looks like for your stage of recovery, I encourage you to make it achievable. And then whatever you say you're going to do, do it with presence, which means you need to find something that you find enjoyable and that hopefully you can feel kind of safe in doing it, which is why movement at home or something like going for a walk with a friend can be really helpful rather than, you know, going and trying to do a a group class or go for a run miles away from your home. Trying your best to, if you are going to do something, just do it. Don't overthink doing it. Just do it and be in the moment. And don't expect symptoms, but if they do come up, accept them. And this is an opportunity to practice responding well to them, um, to keep reassuring your mind that it is safe, it's okay, movement isn't bad for me. And rewriting that narrative rather than falling into um, movement is bad for me. Okay, so I think that is pretty much everything. Um, The only last thing I might want to say about this actually is... For some people, one of the causes of their CFS may have been over-exercising. That was definitely a case for me. As you get back to movement and exercise, we want to make sure that the intention behind why we do it is um, like a good reason. It's not coming from a place of punishment or not feeling good enough because the intention behind your action matters. And if you haven't already taken some time to heal your relationship with rest but also your relationship with exercise it might continue exercise might continue to be triggering for you like for people who experience long-term kind of PEM this can sometimes be the case is that when they try to exercise their body has a like no-no reaction because um, in the past exercise has been used as punishment and to exhaust your body and essentially um, hurt your body rather than coming from a place of wellness and wanting the best for your body. Um, So a lot of the time the action looks the same but the intention behind it really matters because that dictates how we feel around movement and exercise and ultimately what we are trying to achieve through asking our body to do it. And as we know when we treat our body like a machine and demand that it does stuff for us Um, It doesn't ever tend to really respond that well to that, especially not when it's done on a long-term basis. So if that is you, then I would definitely encourage you to do some reflection on your relationship with exercise and the intention behind your action as you start to include it back into your life again. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. If you do get value from this podcast, I would love it if you could share, follow or review it simply so it can continue to grow and reach more people suffering with CFS. It'll take you less than a minute, but it could change someone else's life for the better.